to Nobody Asked for This because nobody asked for this. I'm Rachel. And Cameron's over here. <laughs> and today we don't have Izzy with us because we are actually in Florida. Um, Cameron and I are here in Florida visiting some, visiting one friend and we have another friend with us. So we have two very special guests today. Our very first guests. Um, I have known one of them for, I think we decided the other day, seven years now. She is talented. She is my muse. She is she is so gorgeous. She is an artist. Want to be in my life. She did the logo for she my photography incredible. business. <laughs> she Welcome is to a the dream. stage. She is an aesthetic. Jessica. Hello. <laughs> and of course, the one the person we're actually here visiting is my friend now of I think we're like four four years. And she is an amazing mom. She I is am. The best. We love her to death. And I. She is. I'm her. Incredible I'm her god. Woman. I'm her. I'm her son's godmother. Words. I can do that. She's beautiful. She She's is. always down She's to do creative things with me. Sweetest soul in the entire world. We love her. I love her with my whole every fiber of my being. She is my like go-to person about any conversation about anything. She's always such like a safe space. Like I can have any conversation ever and welcome to the stage Allie hi <laughs> I, I don't think I'm ever gonna be able to live up to that intro <laughs> that's what I love I was like let me just hype them up so much starting if off. only you could see the way we're squirming right now <laughs> from all these compliments if we have if we were like doing the like YouTube like podcast thing they're just over they were over there like hands to face like hiding while we're just sitting there complimenting Bye, them that was podcast thank you yes so we basically we're here today our topic is just kind of about um like motherhood and parenting and like having kids not having kids like um you know just kind of stuff surrounding that um so in case well most of y'all know that like Cameron and I are obviously single not married all that kind of stuff three of yeah, Main three of us. Are. Yeah, and oh. well, and Jessica, same thing. And then Allie is married, has a beautiful baby boy who is my godson, and um, and you've been married for how many years now? It'll be four. Be four. Next okay, month. I was I was like three, and then I know, right? <laughs> Jessica's yeah, mouth, four. my wow. jaw dropped. I did not know it had been that long. Right? Wow. It right. does not feel. Yeah. Not people have known you that long, but I just even it, pick seeing this video together. I'm like four. It feels wow. and it feels babies like look at our winning photo like out yes. there like oh yeah Garrett looks special looks like a little baby that's her husband um but I it's because we her and I basically became friends not long after they were married mm-hmm. but it feels like we've been friends longer than that yeah no it does. so yeah but so one of one of the things I wanted to like I had in like envision and wanted to like start talking about was um Ellen and I have lots of like good real conversations about like, where she is with, like, being a mother and, like, parenting and, like, how that experience has been and maybe, like, if you're comfortable, like, kind of tell people, like, a little bit about your story, like, before you got pregnant and, like, all that kind of thing and, like, share with the people. Okay. Whatever you feel comfortable with your story to share with the people. Um, well, I pretty much always knew that I wanted to be a mom. Like, mm-hmm. I had baby fever and I was a baby. I remember, like, being, like, eight <laughs> years old, teaching, like, my Aww. friend's younger sister, like, how to swim and, like, carrying her around on my hip. Like, just, mm-hmm. I've always been, like, wanting to be a mom. Knew that was basically my calling. So then Garrett and I got married, or even, like, when we were just engaged. And I remember, like, having the conversation that everyone asked, like, 
you know, do you want kids? Like, when do you want to start trying to have kids? And I was like the Judge Judy. I was like, <laughs> yeah, like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not here to like wait. Cause I know some people like they want to wait like five years or so like before yeah. they have kids. And yeah, I was not here for that. Um, I was like, let's get settled. I, for, I think I forget that that you were never you were down to just like having kids right then. I was counting on the days. I was like, let's go. Like I. <laughs> Have no means to support myself or this child, but, like, <laughs> let's, so let's do, do it. it. Um, so, I think I finally talked Garrett into it, um, and we kind of had that whole thing everyone does, where it's like, oh, we're now, like, really trying, but, like, you know, whatever happens, happens, whatever. Right. And after about, like, a year of that, um, I was kind of looking at Garrett, and I was like, you know, nothing, nothing's really happened. <laughs> Because is that not normal? And I'm like, not really. No, not really normal. And so then, you know, we started, like, doing some doctor's appointments and then, like, trying to figure stuff out. And um, I remember going to a reproductive endocrinologist and they diagnosed me with unexplained infertility. And that was really rough just because, I mean, I was young. I was, right. like, what, like, 21 and infertile. I'm right. Like, is not a fun place to be. Right. Like, this should be, like, the peak of yeah. my, like, fertility. Like, you should look at me and I should just be pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, we did, like, some of the medicated cycles and, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of ups and downs went real crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, threw myself on the floor a few times. Um, yes. You know, it's fine. <laughs> and then um, it finally got to the point where the doctor basically said we would have to do, like, more invasive procedures. And they're, like, crazy expensive. Right. I you telling you about that. It is expensive to be infertile. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. we were like, well, let's just take a break. Like, save up the money this way. Like, whatever they say, like, we have the money, mm-hmm. you know, there. And that's not, you know, the stressful part. And then... Like everyone says, oh, just stop trying. Blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, I got pregnant. Oh, so, man. got pregnant. Yeah. Was very excited. I loved every moment of it, like that first week, like telling everybody, like. Oh, yes. Telling me that just was so cute. Feeling so special. Like, right. just, like, there is a life growing inside me right now. I'm just being super right. excited. And then one day I threw up and I didn't stop for like. <laughs> 20 weeks yeah she so. was she was like miserable dying and like and that was like during COVID. was that during that was it during was, COVID. Yeah. It was the, so, of the pandemic yeah. like i couldn't like go over and like help take care of her like bring her anything or do anything and like because she was so sick like she couldn't even really talk to me at all either and so i'm like just hoping Allie's like surviving <laughs> i fell off like the face of the earth for like yeah two months and then like i would have to like hang out like spur the moment like i couldn't make plans so, like oh like, let's hang out on thursday but then right. Thursday comes and I'm like can't get out of bed I'm on my way to the hospital and get IV fluids because I've been throwing up nonstop for like you know two days Mm -hmm. so I have to be like hey Rachel I feel good right now you have an hour to come over and hang out with me until I start to feel horrible again (laughs) yep yep and she went yeah so and then yeah she then oh yeah you went to like a mini like oh her birth story so as, as I've told you like I'm I'm a photographer and so I was, she'd always planned for me to do her birth pictures. I did her maternity pictures. I've done her birth pictures. I've done her, like, his newborn pictures. All the pictures. I'm, I'm just her personal life photographer at this point. And um, she was supposed to, like, give birth at home. Yeah. And, so I planned a home birth just because, um, like, like I said, I got pregnant and then COVID happened. And so 
they were just I wasn't really comfortable with the hospital procedures at the Mm -hmm. time and you know I do respect you know that to an extent they didn't know they were dealing with right and so you know they had to err on the side of caution and you know like Mm -hmm. I won't hold that against them but it wasn't for me right like if you're gonna routinely separate me from my child like right right after I gave birth I mean yeah I'm throwing hands like (laughs) yeah (laughs) and I really wanted my mom to be there I'd always like imagine my mom being there at my birth and again like I've waited like two years for this moment and like none of it is the way I thought it was gonna be because it was such like special circumstances and Mm -hmm. that was really hard for me to let go of right so anyways I said no you know what I'm gonna give birth at home yeah and um so I got a midwife we did that so I had all my prenatal care with a midwife I Mm -hmm. did like have like a doctor's office I would go to for ultrasounds and he was kind of like my backup like he and the midwife have this like thing Mm -hmm. like an understanding that he's like the backup um and so I mean that was you know it was what it was but then I did routine blood work especially because I have a thyroid issue so like I have to get blood work done all the time and my last blood work came back um with my iron really low and so i just been really stressed there's a lot going on fun fact i found out i had bed bugs that oh, ruined yes. my whole life and, and yes. um and so obviously like i didn't want to give birth at home anymore and then i was getting scared like i got anxious and scared and you know you hear these stories about stillbirth and even though like mm. i was so well educated and like Deep down, like, I knew I could trust my body. Like, I was getting to the point where, for some reason, I wasn't. Like, right. I, was, I was faltering. Right. And so, my mother called me up, and she was like, your iron is, like, crazy low. She's like, you are, like, one minor blood loss from, like, needing to get blood. Yeah. And so, she said, okay, well, I think we need to, you know, transfer you over to um, to the doctor that had been my backup and do a hospital birth. And at that point, I kind of accepted it. I was okay with it. Um... And so that was a Wednesday. I met with the midwife at the group on Thursday. And then Saturday morning, I went into labor. So I had zero time to pack a hospital bag. My My house got treated for bed bugs on Friday. Oh, I forgot it was that close to that. Yeah. So I was literally in a laundry mat trying to dry all my clothes and everything I owned the day before I went into labor. And so, like, nothing was ready because we had to get everything quickly right and so the plan was saturday night when garrett got home from work because he got home early was for us to go through all the stuff slowly like like stay up kind of like late and like organize everything and like get a hospital bag well didn't happen i didn't have i didn't even have the car seat installed in my car rachel didn't even know that i was going to the hospital oh yeah so garrett had to call and be like oh by the way oh hey yeah she's in labor um like active labor oh and by the way like we're going to the hospital. Right. Yeah. I was I was at work and like I had been telling my like my boss and stuff like I will have to leave at a moment's notice because I'm gonna go like photograph her like her birth and so like he like he called me and I like remember sitting on the floor of the bathroom being like it's time and then he's like yeah we're gonna have a hospital birth and I was like what <laughs> but I I managed to like get there in time to get some of her laboring and like I was really it worked out really good she had some of like on her yoga mat and like her like exercise ball and like. And then she had some in the tub, which were really cute, too. Yeah, I don't even know how long you were there for. I don't... It was... I was there for, like, an hour or two. Well, no, I think it was, like... It was maybe, like, two or three hours in the end. I really don't remember because I just didn't really know, like... And that's why we waited so long to call you, is Mm. nobody would tell me, like, oh, you're in labor. Because I had... I had really, like... 
um, like irregular contractions. So like typically oh, okay. like oh. contractions are consistently like, mm-hmm. you know, 10 minutes apart. Okay. Like you're in active labor, but right. it was like, they were really strong. They're like a minute and 30 seconds long, mm-hmm. like two minutes apart. And then I have like a 10 minute stretch. Like it didn't oh, make any sense. No. So and they I couldn't tell you if you were truly, they didn't know if I was truly in labor because my water hadn't broken. I didn't lost my mucus. Like there was oh. nothing but contractions okay. that were irregular. <laughs> yeah. And like kept saying, you know what? Like this kind of hurts. <laughs> Um, you know, if this is not real labor, I just want to throw it out there. This, this hurts. And, right. um, and so I just, nobody knew, yeah. really. And so then finally, I think, I got to the point with myself where I was like, oh, no, like, I'm, I'm, I'm having a baby. Yes. Currently, the, I'm having a baby. Yes. And then we called you, and at that point, it was so close to me needing to leave because yeah. I think I had labor. Like, I literally sent Garrett to work. Garrett was at work. Garrett got to work. <laughs> And oh, I, I texted him and said, that. no, you need to come home. <laughs> yeah. And then he waited two hours, and then he came home. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. But, yeah, so anyways. Love it. It was it was something, but he made it. It was great. He I made got... it. It was great. No epidural. Yeah, she did it. Did that my damn oh, so. self. Am I <laughs> yes. to say that? Yes. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> um, yeah. And the grace of God, of course. But, yes. You know. Yes. So, I, um, like, Allie and I have a lot of conversations about, like, kind of, like, expectations of, like, being a mother and, like, um, and all that. Oh, my gosh. I just realized we completely forgot to do our question. I was going to mention it, but thank goodness. Okay, great. So, now we'll pause, we'll do our questions, and then we'll get back into it. Um, so, as you all know, like, we, we have, like, three little questions we want to ask people. So, I guess we'll do, like, one a piece, and you can each go. So, our first one is just, like, what is your, like, highlight of the week? So, you can go first, Jessica. Okay. <laughs> highlight of the week. This week, me, Rachel, and Cameron have all been at summer camp with our church, Passion, Passion City Church. We have been basically serving at the camp. There was almost 5,000 students. Uh, and then all the leaders included in that. There's tons of people, amazing time, bunch of people coming all together to celebrate mm-hmm. Jesus. I don't think there was a specific moment that I could say that was the highlight. But I think the highlight of my week was getting to spend this time away from my normal routine. Mm-hmm. Throwing myself in, getting to serve people. Getting to glorify God's name, taking the focus off of myself and my worries and my life and my routine and being wholeheartedly invested in the moment was like a weight being lifted off my chest. Mm. And I think if I were to pinpoint a certain moment, it was we would have these main sessions. It's all, what, 5,000 of us in an arena and we're worshiping and passion has an incredible worship team. Yeah. And they're singing and it's just you just see a sea of like middle school and high school students coming to worship God. Hands up, tears falling down their face, little middle school boys like hugging each other, crying, giving their lives to Jesus and getting to see that was absolutely incredible and very encouraging. Really needed that. Yeah. That was so good. We had a lot of fun. Right, Allie. Um, well, I mean, y'all are obviously, like, a huge highlight. Uh-huh. But I would say probably yesterday. 
Um, went to my dad's house, like I normally do every Thursday. It's kind of like our thing. But um, instead of like my stepmom cooking, she was like, I just want to go to Chili's. So like literally like me, that. <laughs> uh, Elias, um, my dad, my stepmom, and then two of her daughters. Like we all went to Chili's and she was like... We ordered all these appetizers. Oh, Everyone oh got a margarita. She did. And then yes. she like made sure that like everyone got like a molten lava cake, like their own personal molten lava cake. She really wow. said, put it on the card. Put it on the card. I lived my best life. And then after that, we went to Publix and my stepmom was just like, oh, like, just like get like whatever you need. And she's like, I'm like Aww. picking like a few things. And she's like, stop like you're being like you're being shy like I need you like to grab things like don't ask and so like her and my dad like helped me like get like a bunch of like food and like I put Elias in a little like oh Oh, that was the picture was from oh that's so cute the car at Publix no not that I I haven't posted this one it's like the the Publix car that I grew up going in and so we pushed him around and he was just loving life feeling free oh so Oh, so cute. She's only just a picture. It. it was very Adorable. it was very cute. And so it was just a really good day. And I just I don't know, I think lately I've been really reminded that I really am blessed and Aww. I'm surrounded by a lot of people who love me. Right. And I'm just I have people who are very good to me. Like I said, right. I'm, I'm pretty spoiled. Um yeah. I just have people who are really good to me. So yesterday Aww. was like a test. Further affirmation. Yeah, yeah, it was. Love that. All right, so our other question, one of our other questions is, what is the moment that changed your life? So, Jessica and I, you get to... We, you can kind of answer this two-part if you want to. Yes. We did, like, like a, a spiritual moment. And then we did, like, a and fun... And then, like, oh, this yeah. book. Yeah. Ours, like, mine was, like, reading Hunger Games and then, um, like, being rededicated to the Lord kind of thing. Or, like, the that. themes. Actually, it's the themes. I think it was the themes getting the themes from the lord so if you have like if you want to have two or if you just have like one it's fine well i think whenever someone asks me this question or whenever i even reflect on this question of what was a pivotal moment of my life the first thing i think of is when i was 13 years old oh my gosh are you serious (laughs) deciding to go to (laughs) this scouting group called american heritage girls (laughs) Which is basically Christian Girl Scouts. Yes, yes. And this is where I met Rachel and our other good friend, Emmy. I was in a really dark place in my life where I was struggling a lot with depression and anxiety and had relatively no friends. I really didn't want to go to the scouting group. Everything about it sounded nerdy and awful. (laughs) But choosing to go is where I obviously met some of the most impactful people of my life it's also where I found out about a school that I ended up going to and by going to that school I ended up passing the church that I started going to throughout high school which is where I met really my main community who has poured into me since I was like 16 years old and when I look at my life now it's where I met my roommate it's how I got involved with YWAM which is the ministry school that I did a couple years ago if I hadn't made that decision when I was 13 to go to that <laughs> that stupid <laughs> that stupid scouting meeting, yeah, I wouldn't be the woman I am today. So definitely 
when I think about a pivotal time in my life, that is the first thing I think That's of. That's so good. I love you. I love Aww. you. She, I remember one time you joked about, oh, I was at small group one night. She talked about, yeah, Rachel's been, like, raising me since I was 13 It's so old. true. I was a little, I was a little baby. I was Ooh. so insecure, so broken, and I just, I really had not blossomed. And she swooped me right under her wing and said, no, 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 you have potential. Oh, thank you. And you really you. made me believe in myself. It's so sweet. So. And Jessica does that a lot for me. Literally earlier, she was, like, basically being my counselor and being like, you need, like, you gotta do this. It's okay. This is fine. You gotta work through this. And I was like, okay. Like, oh. It was so good. We had a great, like, therapy session earlier. But I love that. That's so sweet. Yeah. All right. What you got, girl? There's so many that I don't even know <laughs> where to even begin. I mean, I could be basic and like, oh, like, the day I gave birth because then I became a mom. I mean, it's <laughs> true, but, like, right. that's pretty boring. Um, well, what, what's the exact wording of your question? Like, what's the moment that changed your life? Mm-hmm, they changed my life. Um... I know, you gave me time to think about it. You gave me time to think about it, and I still We We preemptively told them earlier. We were like, you got to these questions. I'm like, okay, I would say a moment that changed my life was this one time I was praying in church, and it was like one of these like messages about like the family, like, you know, like church always does like a series about family like, right it's inevitable like once a year yes <laughs> and i mean normally like they're fine like whatever but um there was a moment where they wanted us to pray like individually like for our families and there was just this moment um that i've never really even told anybody about except like garrett but oh <sighs> okay so basically you know like my dad and i haven't had like a really good like relationship mm-hmm. for like a lot of my life like mm-hmm. maybe like when I was like a teenager like until like right when I got married like mm-hmm. there was even a time where we didn't speak at all mm-hmm. and um and so it's been kind of like rocky I mean he's made his mistakes whatever I won't like throw out his you know dirty laundry right. of less of things he's done but um I've always felt like almost ashamed of the things that he's done and I mm-hmm. had this expectation of, like what a dad should be and like I right. hated going to like these summer camps and like the parents are when you see them like worshiping Jesus and like I've never seen my dad like worship mm. in his life and not that he doesn't I mean I'm not gonna say I, right. I don't know right but anyways I don't even know I was thinking about I don't even know if I was thinking about him because mm-hmm. I can't remember but all of a sudden there was like this vision in my head where um it was, like, me and my dad, and we're in this, like... Have you ever read the Chronicles of Narnia? Mm-hmm. Well, no, I haven't read it, but... You yeah. There's, like, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, in the book, there's, like, this whole thing where, like, you can, like, go through, like, these, like, portals or whatever, mm-hmm. and there's, like, this, like, green pastures. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, like, we're in this, like, green pastures area, like, standing over, like, a, like, pool of water, and I'm, like, this, like, little girl... And I'm, like, pulling him, like, behind mm-hmm. me. And I'm, like, come on, Daddy. Like, come on. Like, l- like let's mm-hmm. go. And he, like, looks at me with, like, these tears and, like, his big eyes. Because mm-hmm. my dad kind of had, like, big eyes. Mm-hmm. And, like, they were all red. Like, he was just, like, like puffy eyes. Right. And he looked at me. He goes, like, I can't go. 
And there was, like, so much, like, shame in his voice. And, like, I knew, like, we were going to see Jesus. And he was saying, like, I can't go. Oh, wow. And. (laughs) Tears. And, um, like, I could see on his face that he knew. Right. You know, like, he knew as I was pulling him that, like, he couldn't go. But he regretted having to tell me, like, Mm. I can't go. And then, like, all of a sudden, it was, like, my wedding day. And I'm in my wedding dress. And it's weird because normally, like, my mom and my dad walk me down the aisle. But my dad's walking me down the aisle. Like, he's in the same, like, like, suit or whatever. Mm -hmm. And we're in the gazebo. But, like, instead of, like, Garrett being at the end of the aisle and, like, Lee Taylor, who, like, married us. Shout out Mm -hmm. to Lee Taylor. We'll never hear this. (laughs) (laughs) And instead, it's Christ. And my dad and I together, like, kneel down, like, before before the Lord. And it was just such a clear, like vision of just like God really speaking to me and like it kind of just changed me because I it's one of the few times I can point back and I can say no like God has directly like spoken to me because I would have never Mm. I'm not like a huge like the Holy Spirit like was all of you know I'm just not I'm not one of those people right and so um there's not a lot of times I really felt like I could say no that was God speaking right and it was one of these moments where I felt like Mm. it was literally like the god of the old testament like coming down on like dreams or something and Mm. it made me realize that that's kind of the way that god speaks to me Mm. and so i guess that's so cool i I love that (laughs) me i don't know if i answered your question no absolutely absolutely it's just all over the place oh all right so our last one after that really like serious moment (laughs) no it's good that's kind of what it's just kind of, like, a moment for, like, the people to get to know, like, the guests. And, like, we have, like, lighthearted questions and, like, then also the fact of, like, having something that's, like, fun to at the same time. So, the other one is either, like, how you want to be buried or what you want at your funeral. And so, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> she asked me this question earlier. And my first thought was, I really don't care <laughs> what is done with my body. I'm dead. <laughs> like, it's not that deep. But... In my celebration of life, here is what I've decided. Okay, great. From from like two hours ago. <laughs> right. I mean, it's been it's been marinating for the past two hours. Great. I've decided that instead of just flowers, I would like everyone to bring plants. Oh, definitely. Of course. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I want them everywhere. I want it to be a jungle in the room. Okay. okay. Love that. I Love this vision. <laughs> would really love representation for all of the countries that I have served and done ministry in. That's so I want to cry. <laughs> <laughs> I think if anything, I want to be remembered for what I did for the Lord mm-hmm. versus just like who you were. Yeah, versus just who I was. Um I want to celebrate what God did with my life. So whether it's pictures of what right. I've done in these other countries, whether it's their flags right. being displayed, right. I would just love for that celebration of my ministry to be the main mm-hmm. focus of yeah. my funeral slash That's so cute. celebration of life. I don't want it to be a sad time. I want right. people to it to be a celebration be, of life. Yeah. Be excited yeah. about what God did in my life and right. how it'll be used from generation to generation. Right. That's yeah. so sweet. I love that. All right. Um. Okay. <laughs> I just say about your embalming thing. <laughs> by what? Ali has um, a fear of being embalmed. <laughs> do not touch my body. Okay. 
Um, I want to be cremated, and I want my ashes to be put into a firework ink shot across the sky, specifically over a beach. Great, we can go together. <laughs> they'll, they'll float my raft into the ocean, and then they'll, like, do fireworks above I it. I love it. There we go, our pact. We'll go together. It. Allie is only two days older than me, and so we really can do it. We, can we have together. the same due date. Oh, yeah, we have the same but due I'm date. But I'm the day before and you're the day after. Yep, we almost had it, but we didn't. All right, so I want to talk about your, like, whatever kind of, like, you first think of um, to some degree, but, like, things that, like, you expected a lot about, like, being a mother and things and, like, how they've been different or, like, expectations you felt like you were going to have to live up to and now, like, realizing you, like, that's just not attainable and, you know, that kind of, like, viewing of motherhood and, like, expectations, like, surrounding that, basically. Well, first of all, to, like, sum it up, you know, I nannied for, like, three and a half years before mm-hmm. I gave birth. Um, so, really, everyone was pretty confident to leave me with a newborn. I mean, right. everyone thought, and I thought, you know, that I would know what I was doing. Right. And it turns out I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> no idea what I'm doing at all. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I would know, and I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, there's a lot of pressure and a lot of right people have a lot of opinions right about like how to raise a baby and like right. how to do things and it's very difficult for me to find my own voice in that because I'm such like right first of all I want to please everybody and I right. want to look good I want to look like I'm doing it right but I also just want to do it right I want to look at something mm-hmm. very concrete and be like here are like the like benchmarks right and like am I meeting these this means like I'm doing a good job and I I am a black and white person like this is right this is wrong this is right this is wrong and like parenting is just a huge blob of gray right and so it's true it's been hard I mean like trying to drown out the noise and think okay but like is that the kind of mom I want to be like is that the way that I want to parent and just right I remember even like having a counseling session and my counselor was like, I don't want you reading any more baby books. Like, I stop. Remember, I remember you Throw saying Throw out that. the baby books. I don't want to hear about them anymore. Right. You're doing too much. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember we had a conversation about, maybe it was about food. Oh, yeah. It was about like, how you fed your child. Of, like, if you gave them a little bit of what you were eating or if they, like, ate traditional, like, baby food and did that and, like, how people got so heated about it. And oh, it yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. Okay, y'all. Mommy groups? Mommy Facebook groups? They don't play. <laughs> they don't play. <laughs> if you want to be, like, cursed out and told, like, you're doing everything horrible and your child, like, is going to die right. in, like, ten hours, go to a mommy group. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was, like, the whole thing between, like, I didn't know half of this stuff. Like, all of these terms and, right. like, this is a new way we're doing things and, like, the old way is wrong or, like, the old people are, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. So, it's, it's, like, huge. Like, it's, it's like, doctrine. Yeah. it's like doctrine like you would think it's like right. like motherhood is a religion right. and there's like calvinism and like <laughs> arminianism and like well we're just trying to be a millennist <laughs> i like that's so accurate though i love that oh my gosh um we so the part of the reason I, we also like wanted to have Jessica here with us is so Jessica is also a nanny so Allie nannied and I also nanny for a year and a half and Jessica did too and Jessica's currently a nanny how long have you been nannying now 
I just hit a year. Oh, you just hit... Oh, yeah, I was thinking it was longer than that, but... Just a year. Um, and so... Jessica nannies a girl I nannied. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, <laughs> I snuck my way in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, and I just... I love this idea of, like... It, you know, I think it's so true that, like, it takes a village to, like, raise children. And, like, obviously, obviously I don't really know from personal experience because I'm... You know, I don't have kids or anything, but I've just, like... Seeing that and, like, getting to now be, like, a godmother, like, you know, seeing the importance of, like, having other people, like, in your life. And so I love the idea of, like, having, like, you know, my mom friend and then my other, like, friend who's, like, being a mom without being a mom. And, like, you know, kind of how they both view, like, children and, like, raising them and, like, kind of, like, motherhood in general and, like, all that kind of stuff. And so that's why I had, like, Jessica. So I don't know if you want to talk about, like, your experience with that or, or how you, like try to intentionally be with with her or whatnot yeah I mean I love kids with all my heart I always have I've always been drawn towards them it really started from a super young age of me playing with my little cousins and then when I was 11 I started volunteering in the preschool ministry at my church every Wednesday and I did that for years and I went to Australia to do ministry school and my whole focus of my time doing that school was working with marginalized youth and pouring into these kids and now I'm a nanny and really at this point it's very evident that wherever I'm going to be there's going to be kids involved in it (laughs) because God has put such a love and passion for kids and in my heart um, being a nanny though is <laughs> it's unlike mm-hmm. it's, anything else I've ever experienced right. really because working with kids in a school setting or in a church setting ministry setting you have certain boundaries right. put in place you know I I love these kids in the sense that they're kids and I have a heart for mm-hmm. them but I don't have a personal relationship with them and there's strict physical boundaries I can't really <laughs> cuddle on mm-hmm. them too much or right. you know physically love on them too much I'm I'm there to take care of them but not really there to touch them in such a personal touch their lives in such a personal way whereas being a nanny you take on this responsibility of you are with them right <laughs> for right. most of their day really right. and of course it varies from person to person but I'm with my nanny kid from the moment she wakes up Mm-hmm. until 5:30 p.m. Yeah. Monday through Friday. And that's a huge responsibility. Right. <laughs> and something Allie and I have talked about multiple times and something that's pretty consistently on my heart is the selflessness it takes to love a kid that isn't your own. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course it takes so much selflessness to love and care for a kid that even is your own, but you know, I don't, I don't have to love this kid the way that I do, but, but it's so easy. And I don't know how to explain it. Right. I felt I really, like it was kind of almost sometimes like heartbreaking Yeah. to love her as much as I did. And I mean, I still do, but that I'm not mommy. Right. Like I poured my heart and my soul into her Mm -hmm. and you know I really was her safe place I mean like I remember when I nannied her she was 13 months old she contact napped you could not get up like you had she had to sleep on my chest Mm -hmm. and so for about a year 
all of her naps were on my chest. Mm-hmm. And so to love her like that and to give her all of me. Right. But then at the end of the day, mommy comes home and, like, you're nothing. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. of course, like... Yeah. That's the way it should be. Like, you know, that's right. her mom. And I don't fault her for that, obviously. Right. But it, there's always that little part that it's still kind of... It would still kind of hurt, you right. know? Like, right. there I am, like, loving this kid. And I remember literally laying on the floor, like, of her room when, like, we were trying to, like, get rid of the contact napping. She was, like, in, like, her toddler bed. I remember laying on the floor, holding her hand so she could, like, go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And I, like, she fell asleep, and I sat there, and I just, like, cried, like, on her floor. Oh, I remember you telling me about that. Um, it was... Just because it's... You love them so much. And I mean, right. I know that she loves me. I right. know that. But it is very hard to remind yourself, like, at the end of the day, she's not mine. At the end yeah, of the day, right. like... It's their child, and it's right. not mine. I right. feel like, for me, it's it's mostly... I feel like a lot of people don't understand the weight of being a nanny in the sense that you are also getting all of her best and worst moments because you are... Right. A, because I am a safe place for this child. I'm there for her meltdowns. I'm teaching her these life lessons. I'm disciplining her the best way I can as her nanny and not her mother or her father I'm pouring my whole heart into her and it's it's a huge emotional investment and Mm -hmm. whenever I tell people I'm a nanny they go oh that must be so easy like you're kind of just sitting there playing with Mm -hmm. the kid when it's like no it's it's easy in the sense that I love her and it's fun Mm -hmm. and I enjoy it but I I give so much of myself and kids can't give that back and you can't expect them to give that back but it's a constant right outpouring of Right. all that you are yeah. for this child and it's not easy it's very you're I mean you're pouring into this precious life right. and they're going to be impacted by that for the rest of their life which is terrifying right <laughs> but also an incredible honor and I'm very lucky to get to do it and I love her to death that's so sweet you're a great honey. you're like really good to her thank you I try she's so <laughs> precious we love I've like I've babysat her a couple times and sweet little baby thing ever um so I kind of like now that we've like y'all were like talking about like nannying like how do you feel like Allie now that you like are mom and like you've had experience like being like a nanny how like now this is your own child and you now have to make those choices and you are that person like how has that been like different for you in some ways I feel like nannying prepared me a lot for motherhood right but I also feel like it took away some of the stuff Mm -hmm. so I remember like even being in the hospital holding Elias and I just kept looking at him and I looked at Garrett and I was like he doesn't feel like he's mine mm. and I mean Garrett was like over the moon in love I've never seen right I've never seen him like that it was really Aww. cute but I didn't feel that and mm, yeah I kept telling him like he just doesn't feel like he's mine because I've taken care of kids for so long and then the other day I give them up right you know that they're not mine and I kept like it's almost like I like I was waiting for somebody to come take him and so I it took me a while to really bond with him you know I mean of course like I loved him the way that I love kids and Mm -hmm. it's not like I like resented him or hated him or anything but he really didn't feel like my baby Mm. and so that was that was really hard because they say like oh the second you see your baby like you fall in love and like you know like your whole life Mm -hmm. changes and like you cry and da 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 and it was just like 
there's a baby. Right. Okay. Yeah. What, now what? Right. And, um, Justin, we were talking about this too. Like, when you're a nanny, like, you're at work. So it's like, you know, you're on all the time. Like, you know, when, you know, Ming, like, would go down and, like, take a nap. Like, mm-hmm. I would go and then, like, clean all the counters. Like, I would fold the laundry. Mm-hmm. You know, I would, like, cook meals. Like, I would, you know, right. do, like, sleep the floor. Unless ever listens to this, she's just going to be like, Allie didn't clean anything. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she teases oh me goodness. all the time about how horrible I was at cleaning. Um, but I was, I always try to make sure I was, I picked all, all her toys, like, right. after taking them. So, like, her whole, like, downstairs looked like no one had ever touched it. Right. And so when it's my kid, I have this mentality, oh, they're taking a nap. I need to do things. And, right. like, I would constantly be doing laundry like if there was enough to like have a load i would mm-hmm. just throw it in the laundry i was doing i was washing clothes every day like why i don't really know <laughs> i can't <laughs> explain to you like why i needed that shirt you know clean oh my gosh i don't know why and like i always just like felt like everything had to be clean and it really like bothered me and I like had a hard time like relaxing and like mm-hmm. always feeling on or like feeling guilty like if he was awake like putting if he was awake I feel like I had to like be entertaining him and right. like putting him like in his little like bouncer feet so I could wash some dishes I felt horrible I'm like mm-hmm. I'm a horrible mom like he's gonna have failure to thrive because he's not like being engaged and like oh, I need to be like you know really engaging him and like right. helping him with his development like we need to be doing tummy time I mean all of the things. Yeah. He was three weeks old. <laughs> <laughs> He's just pooping and crying. <laughs> Unbothered, and literally. you're the one over there well, bothered for him. Well, literally, well, because, like, you know, all they do, right, is, like, sleep, yeah. eat, poop. But so if he would, like, wake up and open his eyes, so, oh, his eyes are open. And I'm like, <laughs> we need to make the most of this. <laughs> we need to, like, sing songs and, like, read a book. <laughs> And all oh of, my gosh. All of the things. I just right. I felt like I needed to be doing doing the most. Doing something doing at all most. times. Yes. And <laughs> it was hard to be like, no, yeah. I mean like I can put him in his little like chair, not that he can crawl. Like he can crawl around in the living room. Yeah. I can watch Netflix and like the world is gonna keep on turning. Right. Like it's it, gonna be just fine. <laughs> and it's gonna be okay. Yeah. But Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we, I, I, if we were joking earlier about, like, Allie, like, having to tell Allie to do less, <laughs> like, it's okay, you can do less. Allie's a four-wing three for all my Enneagram people out there, so, very strong wing three, and so. Not, not three-wing, let me tell yeah. you. And Jessica is a three, and so that's why oh, yeah. they bond a lot about, like, doing too much out here. Yeah. <laughs> so. Definitely. Yeah, it was really hard for me to have Jessica, like, start nannying me, because. Oh, I remember this. Like, I had been Ming's person. I mean, I was her favorite person in the world other than her parents. It was, like, her parents and then me. Right. And, you know, all the... I was the only nanny they've ever had. Right. So, it was just me. And, like, obviously, like, they thought it was perfect. (laughs) Such a four thing to say. Which I loved. (laughs) But then Jessica came in, and I mean, like, you're you're a really good nanny. Like, you do such a good job. Especially, like, this age is, like, where you really thrive. You... 
<laughs> and oh not even that, but, like, I am not a schedule kind of mom. Like, I am not here to be like, okay, every morning we're going to do, like, reading time, and then we're going to play. I mean, I, I show up, and I'm like, yo, you want to play Play-Doh for two hours? Because <laughs> there will be no, there's no learning. Like, there's no, like, now we're going to do our learning. I'm like, yeah. I'll be alright. Like, let's go, like, do, like, Zumba, like, downstairs in the basement, you know? Like, we, right. there was nothing educational. And, like, <laughs> Jessica comes in, and she has, like, a structure. She has a schedule. <laughs> and it's, like, she's, like, doing the most and, like, somehow keeping everything clean. At this point, I was pregnant, too. And so, I mean, like, I couldn't even bend it. I got to a point where I was physically hurting myself. And, like, my my PT had to be, like, no, like, you have to stop. Like, this is too much. Yeah. So, I'm, like, hurting myself, like, bending down to pick up all the little itty-bitty toys that she leaves around. And, like, Jessica's over here thriving. And it was really hard to, like, watch you almost, like, make your way into her heart. And, like, I was happy about it because I knew, like, that she was in good hands. And I was happy for you, too, because it's what you've always wanted. But at the same time, I always told Melissa, I'm like, listen, Jessica's great and all. But you can't love her more than you love me. All right. Let's remember. I came first. I'm saying there would back. be no Jessica without me, okay? Well, like, really, there wouldn't be, though. So. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, oh, no. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> just some light I'm trauma just... therapy going on all, during our podcast. Are we good? Like, are you okay? Are you <laughs> No, I do. I love, you know, I do love you. And like I said, I mean, right. at this point in my life, and at Ming's age, she's, like, four and a half, like, gonna be five before we know it, like, not the age for me. I love her, but it's very draining what you do, and this is, like, like, I I gotta watch you shine, and I watch her love you, and I'm so happy that she has you. Thank you. And I definitely couldn't have done the schedule that we did pregnant, where, like, I tapered off my hours, and, like, I went on maternity leave, and, like, did all that, like, with some random stranger. I've been like, who's watching? Who? You gonna right. have who watch me? Mm, mm, mm. It was a yeah. very easy transition. It was through. easy for me to let go because yeah. I knew that you had her. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. So yeah, I love that. Absolutely. What else do you got, Cameron? Oh, you know, just the, the <laughs> tear ducts over here. Oh. <laughs> we gotta have our list per usual. Always. Oh, she's giving it. Okay. So, um, I well, okay. I was just thinking about um. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, Jessica <laughs> had a moment there. We were in a small group, and um, we were talking about how the question was about how we were investing in the next generation because it was it was a group of us like college age people, and so you know like investing in kids or students and things. And what she like talked about, I just remember like I'll probably never forget it. I just Honestly. thought it was like it was such a good thing, it and was. so I still remember. Yeah, like, the way I don't <laughs> fully um, remember what I even said. So if you'd like to give a brief summary, right? Okay, so go for she it. basically like she was talking about how you know talking basically about generational like curses of like right. it was what I had sent you on Instagram. Do you remember this? Okay, I sent you this image, and it said, or maybe I texted it to you, and it said, it ran in my family until it ran into me. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And so, like, and by, she was investing in the next generation by investing in herself and bettering herself so that when she was a mom one day, that she would do a good job and not pass on, you know, traumas and, you know, abuse and things like that that, like, went on in her family, and I just thought that, like, that was just absolutely incredible. Yeah, I think... 
when I when I look at my life, obviously I've I've always wanted to work with kids. Maybe not always thought that it would be in the form of being a mother one day. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. Mm-hmm. But I work on myself now because I understand that my life doesn't my story really doesn't end with me. Right. I see how not just my mother's but my grandparents and their parents and their parents choices had this domino effect into my life now it's why I go to therapy yeah (laughs) it's why I think the way I do it's why I Mm -hmm. live the way I do on a lighter note it's why I have the faith in God that I do right because generations back we decided that we were going to be a family that followed Jesus Mm -hmm. so as I work with kids, as I go into these environments, I'm constantly checking myself and I'm constantly right. doing the work in my heart to end these bondages of anxiety and these bondages of depression. So that one day when I do have my own child, I'm not projecting that pain and mm-hmm. that trauma and that brokenness right. onto them. Of course, it's inevitable. Right. <laughs> we well, are broken we human beings. We're yeah. broken human beings and... Uh, you know, God has gifted us with therapists and counselors right. to help us learn how to cope with our emotions and to be the mm-hmm. best versions of ourselves we can be. But everything I do now, I try with all my heart to make it an investment into future generations. And to take what I've noticed in my mother and my father even and ask myself the question of, how can I use this to shape mm-hmm. the kind of parent I become in the right. future? Or how can I use this even right now as I'm a nanny? And mm-hmm. becoming a nanny has really, <laughs> it shed a light, honestly, right. on so many aspects of myself, right. good and bad. Yeah. It shows me, I mean, I did not realize how impatient <laughs> I was. Right. I didn't realize how... I I just, I see a lot of my mom in me Mm -hmm. in the way that I do pour into children or even in the way that I get frustrated by children Mm -hmm. or wanting to control things and having to let go of that desire to control and just letting kids be kids. And um, it's just incredible how much, how much you can learn from when you just look at your family mm-hmm. about who you are today whether you have a relationship with right. your family or not yeah like right. why why you are the way that you are and mm-hmm. like why and I really struggled with that too and that's kind of what I realized you know again with like me doing the most and like being on all the time and like mm-hmm. trying to make sure like the house was always clean and all this kind of stuff because like my mom is like you know there's like the story in the bible of, like Mary and Martha mm-hmm. my mom is such a Martha I'm yeah like, like She's the queen of, like, oh, like, let's watch a movie. And, like, we turn on the movie, and she's, like, washing dishes. She's folding laundry. Yeah. I'm, like, you're not even watching the movie. Yeah. I'm sitting here by myself. And she's right. always doing the most. Yeah. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with being a Martha. You right. know, like, they have their place, like, in the body right. of Christ. But really, I'm a Mary. Like, I've always been a Mary. Like, that's mm-hmm. really my personality, like I've mm-hmm. said before. And so... When I became a mom, I thought motherhood is being a Martha. Like, mm, I didn't... Yeah. This is what I equated it to because this right. is what I was raised with. So, I didn't know how to right. be a mom and not be that way. Like, right. to find my own identity as a mother and realize, like, 
I was exhausted at the end of the day. And, like, right. I was so burnt out all the time. And, like, always trying to get something done. Like, when Garrett would watch Elias room before he would go to work, it wasn't just so I could sit and watch TV. Like, I would go and, like I said, like, do the laundry and do something. Like, I wouldn't just sit and just take time for me. I didn't know right. what that was. Like, my dad one time came over, took Elias for a walk so that I could, like, take a break and, like, take a shower by myself or whatever. I went outside and I cleaned my car. Oh. <laughs> And so, obviously, I was burnt out all the time, and I realized it's because, like, Martha's, like, when they're the healthiest, are living into their identity. Right. And Mm -hmm. I was exhausted because I was trying to make myself someone I wasn't. Right. And I didn't know that I could be a mayor and still be a mom, if that makes any kind of sense. Right. And so, it's very hard. Yeah. And I, it's funny, because you were talking about, like, you, like, the church oftentimes, like, presents moms as, like, a Martha. Like, Mm -hmm. you are out here doing the most. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's funny because (laughs) to, like, the opposite end of, I've processed, been trying to process through a lot of, like, do I want to have kids? Because I grew up in a, you know, place with a lot of best friends, like, um, you know, Allie, who really always wanted to have kids. That was always a dream. And, like, Jessica and, like, multiple friends I've, I've had throughout the years that, like, being, like, a parent is, like, you know, really important to them. And... I, like, once I kind of, like, got out of that in some ways or just, like, got older, I realized I was, like, oh, like, do I really, like, want to, you know, really want to do that? Is that something I really want? Do I feel like I'm really equipped enough for that? And, you know, do I have that, you know, do I have that, like, desire and that emotional, like, desire to invest? And I, like, I had a train of thought about it. I think your fear is that you can only be a mother. Right. And I think that's that's what the thing is. Because I... So I grew up, like, homeschooled. And so... Um, but we, you know, we were out doing things. We were at church and doing whatever and things. But a lot of, like, our friends, family friends, were... They were also felt like, homeschool moms. And, like, basically all of the homeschool moms, like, they... That's what they did. They had their kids. They took care of their kids. They homeschooled. They did that. And that's all they did. They really yeah. had no life outside of that. Yeah. And I am very much a people person. I am very much a, like, experience and do things and, like, travel and be with my friends and, like, go to church. And, like, I just, like, I think that was something that, like, I know Allie and I have a conversation about of realizing, like, you know, motherhood is not a very, like, cut and drive. Like, you are just home homeschooling and whatever. And, like, it's okay to have an Annie. It's okay to, like, still have a business and still, like, work and do things and, like, you know, that kind of, like, whole thing, too, of, like, what the expectation is around it of, like, how you, like, have to be, like, you know, as a mom and, like, trying to decide if I even, like, want to have kids. And I think another thing is, um, I, I think I talked earlier about, like, it takes a village and, like, I loved different people in my life who I've seen who've worked a lot with, like, particularly, like, college age or, like, high school students and they didn't have kids and a lot of them like ended up not being able to have children but they like they those like ministry children were their children and I've always felt like I had a lot of capacity to just like love anybody and like do things like that and so part of me is like do I want to be like a mother in that way where like I'm married and I just have my husband and we just do ministry and we have like people that we love on and, you know, people that I, you know, help raise that aren't my, you know, aren't my own because I think it, you know, it does take a lot of people to, like, you know, raise, you know, raise children and I think that, um, like, those people are important and so, um, 
which is kind of like an interesting like opposite side of like <laughs> you know motherhood in that sense of like if you do it or like don't do it like are you can you still like be a mother in some ways or like how you do decide to be a mother yeah I think Christian culture is like really harp on the fact that like you know motherhood like almost becomes like your identity right and like especially like you're talking about like southern christian culture uh-huh. or like you know you homeschool and like, right this and the other thing i mean like your kids aren't going to go to hell if you send them to school right they're just not right i mean like if you want to send them to school so you can like go back to like being in your career right you know do that you know right. and like they're gonna be just fine right yeah. you know i mean i was a public school kid granted i didn't you know make the best choices always growing up but i mean i turned out fine in the right. end yeah you know? I'm, I'm okay you know like we're I fine think, i think i'm okay <laughs> I, I think i'm okay i mean you know like it's, yeah. not, it's not gonna kill them right you know and if you hire a nanny so you can go to work right you know it's not gonna kill them right i promise it's not you know right. and you just don't have to only do that Right. You can. Yeah. But you don't have to. Right. Yeah, I think that that's, like, one of those things is, like, even just, even allowing myself the thought of, like, oh, do I actually want children was so, like, you know, countercultural in a way mm-hmm. of, yeah. you know, like, mm-hmm. you have children. You get married and you have children. I... <laughs> well, you have something to say. Come on, Cameron. Come on. Oh, say it. Oh, my God. Go on your rant. Um, <laughs> it's just been, like, such a gradual journey because I literally have such a vivid memory of, like, being a kid in, like, the middle of a park talking to some random girl about how I wanted to have four kids one day. Mm-hmm. And, like, being at this place now where I'm, like, I don't even think I want kids and just, like, unpacking like, all why of you that and that, being, yeah. like, oh, maybe that was all, like, cultural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe I did just kind of, like, pick up the fact that when you're little, all they do is give you a doll and say, here, you're going to have a baby. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Even from a toddler, they're yeah. handing you these babies to yep. bottle feed. And you're literally yeah, two they're, years they're, old. They're right. Literally <laughs> give, they're literally giving you, like, toy kitchenettes and saying, oh, yeah. here you go. Cook and clean. Have yeah. babies. That's it. Yeah, and yeah. And just, like, unpacking that and being like, no, like, and it's also been really difficult because I do want to work with kids. I do want to work in pediatrics in some form. So be, people are always like, oh, you want to be a pediatrician? Why don't you want to have kids? I'm like, those, like, yes, the they same. coexist, but yes. those two things don't. It's not the same thing. They align, but they're not the same thing at all. Yeah. So yeah. it's just like, I can pour into somebody as like being their doctor, but being their doctor does not mean that I want to birth a whole child. <laughs> yeah. Raise an entire life. Yeah, right. Like, no. Right. But then it's also just like even coming up on on this idea of whether or not I would want to foster. Oh, oh yeah, I remember you talking about that. Because that's been something that's, like, been an, an interesting thought. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to do that. That would be, I, that's, like, I think that's such a, like, it takes a village kind of moment of where you're, like, cause, you know, somebody who, like, because, you know, not always did somebody get, you know, adopted and, and stuff and, like, that moment of like being able to love somebody and know that they're not going to be yours and like you're going to do the best you can with the time that you have with them and stuff um that's really a beautiful ministry too yeah Yeah. i'm always like the queen like i'm the poster child of like here's the reasons why like you should not do these things even like i have done them (laughs) like when i was pregnant i texted everybody i knew because i'm like the first to have kids and i was literally like do not get pregnant <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. Is that like seen in Mean Girls? Oh. Um. Do you guys have you guys seen Mean Girls? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where like it's Coach Car the first day of like sex head. He goes, "Don't have sex. Just don't. Just don't. Or you will get pregnant and you, you will die." die. <laughs> Literally, what happened?
happened to me. A hundred percent accurate. Right. No jokes. Yes. And so, like, you know, I think it's yeah. probably hard for you to for me to be like, you know, I don't even want to have kids. And I'm like, don't. Like, it's hard. <laughs> she. But oh I, my it's, gosh. It's also just different because, like, I also don't really have that pressure in my family because my I feel like oh. it's mostly like your moms are like, yeah, you're gonna have kids. Right. Like, my mm-hmm. mom literally is like, yeah, I don't care. I don't want great kids. Like. That's wow. My see, I feel so sad because like but it's I want because my dad brought it up randomly the other Weird. week. He was like, huh. "Yeah, when I have grandkids," and I was like, "Oh, who's giving you go, grandkids? Who is like, you can go talk your, to your son?" But, but right. not, not I. Yeah, I don't remember having that conversation. Too, but okay. <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah, my mom. Like that's one of the things is like it's so hard because I haven't even like even ever tried to like you know like how do I seriously come terms with the fact that, like Lord said like being fruitful and multiply kind of thing especially like if you're married like I think it's super like if you're like called to be single and you're into your ministry like you know but I think if you're married like those are kind of like almost hand in hand it's like I've never even tried to but my mom like I know like would be such a great grandma and like would, I would love for her to have grandkids but I'm like I don't know <laughs> I know a lot of people who didn't think that they wanted kids but then when they met the person they wanted to marry, it right. like changed yeah. everything. It's like, yeah, I yeah. think that, but then I'm also like, I don't want to go into marriage trying right. to like force that mentality. Right. Like, right. So. Well, so like, you know, like one of my best friends, like she's always been like, mm, no kids. Like she like yeah. is afraid to hold Elias. Like she's afraid she's going to break him. Like she's working with <laughs> Jessica. <laughs> so as Jessica's even nanny, she does like toddler age. And so right. Elias is only eight and a half months right now. And so she's like. What very she's like awkwardly holding him like what i don't do know I what do? to do with him like panic i always yeah. tell my i was tell my best friend i'm gonna give birth and then hand my child off to her <laughs> and after about two years i'll take him back yeah we'll and talk so then. like she like doesn't mm-hmm. never really wanted kids like didn't even right. want to get married well now she's like with her boyfriend and like yeah he basically like took her to the dark side and she's like i'll have like one like maybe two you know, okay. like right, but at the same time, like that doesn't have to change your mind. Right, I, I feel like for me and Garrett, like it was just such a natural like, extension of like this is yeah. kind of like what you do with like all the love that you feel is like right. that love goes into like creating another human being. That's so cute. I love <laughs> that. It's just something that I think naturally happens. Right, mm-hmm. that's what my mom tells me. She's like, you're gonna you'll get bored three years in and you'll want kids. Not it bored. Was- <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> it, like it wasn't boredom. It was just like when like. Garrett and I just loved each other so much. It's right. like, what do you do with all that love? Right. Because yeah. it's just so much you could like explode. And so it's like, what do you do you with love it? That and it's like you like so much. That gives me hope. Like have I have a desire. I feel I'm like, and I think like too, like knowing myself, I'm like I'm such an experienced person, and like I think that I would like get to the point where like. I'd be like, Rachel, are you really going to, like, not do, like, this huge, like, monumental, beautiful moment the Lord has created you as a woman to be able to experience and not do it? Like, I was like, I just don't feel like I'm really going to be like, yeah, no, I'm good. And so, like, I feel like at some point, like, I will probably, like, get to that point. But I think, like... I want you to do it just because of FOMO. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, no. That's And that's the thing. I think it's, like, a lot of it is, like realize I'm like do I want to have children because I want to have children or mm-hmm. am I gonna like yeah. have children because it's expected of me you yeah. know because like if I have them like I want to do a good job mm-hmm. I don't want them to have to go to extra extra therapy because I was a terrible mom you know or wasn't you know ready for that or whatever and so yeah, yeah it's just like it's been a very fascinating very interesting process to like go through and like one of my other best friends he and I have lots of conversations of like how we would like raise kids if we like you know 
had kids and things like that and then like y'all I've had lots of conversations with Allie of like why I feel the way I do maybe about not having children and like it's been it's really very cool of like the different conversations I've had with people of like little pieces that kind of fall in of like me understanding things and seeing and seeing like people raise children differently than I was raised in the area in the environment that I was raised in and you know how it's like it's not a cut and dry like very specific way you have to do it yeah so. I think it's important to recognize that not every woman's calling is to be a mother yes. yeah not every yeah. woman's calling is to give birth right. that's yeah. just right just it's yeah. just facts yeah it's hard and dude I think you <laughs> also need to take into consideration this is this is a life this right. isn't a project right absolutely. this isn't just fulfilling like a dream right you can't or, change your mind yeah, yeah absolutely this is this is a precious life and the consequence of you giving birth is that you have to raise up this life and pour into right. it and and give it your everything. Yeah. <laughs> and some people that's not their ultimate yeah. calling and right. that's that's okay. I mean yeah. it's referenced multiple times in the Bible that we're we're a body. We each right. have a different part, mm-hmm. we each have a different calling and I believe it's really narrow minded to just assume that a woman's main calling and purpose just because she is a woman is that she has to be a mother. Yeah. When we don't really put that expectation on men. Right. <laughs> because yeah. I don't think, and maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think most men grow up feeling the pressure to be a father one day. Mm-hmm. Probably or not feeling, to an extent, yeah. Or yeah. feeling like one day, like, this is what I have to do, or like... Right. Men don't sit around grappling with this. They're not as, sitting around with much, their guy friends no. thinking, oh, one day when I'm, I can't wait to be, <laughs> you know? They're not right. They're not like, daydreaming about some it. Some are. Some, some are, like, that truly absolutely. is their calling in life, yes. But, like, majority that's of men not, out there That's not are the stigma, not, like, no, yeah, it is for women, all. and I don't... Well, I feel like, too, you know, especially if you get married young, there's so much life to live. Like, I remember yeah. when I was in high school, I had this leader... Well, he, like, wasn't my leader, but he was, like, one of the leaders because, like, mm-hmm. obviously, like, um, we had female leaders if you were, mm-hmm. like, a high school girl. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. But he was one of the leaders that was there, and I loved him. And I had this whole thing of, like, you know, again, like, he was a guy, like, he's married, like, he's older, like, mm-hmm. he is a huge, like, Christ follower, he would be a great dad, but, like, he didn't have any children. And I didn't know that then, but, I mean, I should have, that, like, him and his wife just basically had never been able to conceive and they were they're like older like they're right. like in their like their like late 30s mm-hmm. and I remember looking at him just being like you know the way that he poured into like mm-hmm. you know even they took in his niece mm-hmm. and I don't know the her whole story but like she lived with them like in high school and like he like took her in and they right. did all that which she could have never done if he had his own child right mm-hmm. and he could have never poured into like especially high school boys, if he had a kid. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, they demand, like, you have to, like, stay up to 3 and playing video yeah. games and doing this right. and doing yeah. that. And he was so good at it. I remember thinking, like, you were just made to have a daughter. Like, I just wish you would have a daughter. And sure enough, like, four years ago, like, they spontaneously got pregnant mm-hmm. after, like, all these years of trying and not right. giving up. And it's so, like, you know... She, she was sitting like they were sitting there like well we can't have kids so like i guess we're gonna sit here and wait yeah. so i find my calling you know like right. they did right. so many things like what you were talking about where they poured into people that they couldn't have done right. if they had children if yeah. they had children and then they had kids yeah and, and they like, did both unless my mom did you know like and yeah. it's not like you know they had to or whatever like i mean you can't just do the one thing but it doesn't have to be your whole life. It's not like you have to, like, get right. married at, like, 20, have a kid right. at 21. If you want to get married at 20 and have a kid at 36, that's 16 years of ministry. Right. You it's know? true. Like, you can live a whole life. Yeah. Like, twice over and then have a kid. Yeah. 
it's harder when you're a woman because I mean you do have like a right. time clock. But I'm just saying. Well, yeah, my mom. She was um, for those people out there. She was a missionary to Peru for ten years, and um, and she didn't get they didn't get married until I always forget. She was they were like she was like thirty six or something like that, and so they my mom had us at forty and forty two. And, you know, she, she went out and she did her ministry and, like, she lived her life and then she got married and they have, you know, they had kids in the end. And so, like, I Yeah, I just like, imagine that you have 20 more years before, like, your mom was as old as she was. Which is crazy. <laughs> that I could go That's live, like, idea. 20 more years That's and then still have children, yeah. You have 20 yeah. years of, of right. doing something else. Right. You know, before... Yeah. I think play. That's another thing is you always... You always... It's weird because, like, I've grown up in this, like, unstigmatized place of, like you can have kids late. And my mom loves to be able to minister to ladies who come in and are like, oh, I'm having a child late. And she's like, girl, you're fine. I had, you know, one at 40, 42. Like, you, you know, you're only 36. And like, you know, and so, but still this kind of like in, you know, Southern culture, it's like you get married at 22 and you have kids at 24, 26, and 28. And then you live your life. And yeah. so. Yeah. I mean, my dad has a seven-year-old and he just turned 50. Yeah. So he was 43 when he had his son. And he definitely does, from what I've seen, like the best job with him. And I think mm-hmm. maybe it's because he finally is at the age where like, right. he was ready to right. finally mm-hmm. settle down and do all mm-hmm. that. And some people like aren't there at the same time, ready at the same time, you know? Right. Right. Well, this is by far the longest podcast we have ever done so going? far. We're at an hour, and yeah. over an hour now. <laughs> so, um,. Yeah, that was that was so good. That was like so much of what I had dreamed of just like honest conversations about how we've all felt about children and loving them and ones that are and ones that, you know, are and aren't our children and you know how we feel about that and what are the like stigmas that you know are around being a mother or not and and all that kind of stuff because I think, you know, I'm I'm very much an advocate for having conversations that are often taboo, especially like specific to like Christian culture. Um and so I love, you know, and I just feel like my, like, so many of my friends and, you know, I and, like, you know, Cameron and all of us and whatever, like, we all have such good, like, conversations and, um, you know, I'm like, you know, I wish that other people could be a part of that and, you know, feel seen and heard and, and have a safe space and so in, like, some ways, like, I hope that, you know, that's what these, like, podcasts can be when we're, like, specifically talking about things like this that, someone can be like oh like I felt that I'm glad that you know however many people also feel that way you know and just maybe even help them have other conversations with other people about those things so Cameron you got anything to say um there might potentially be a part two to this if we decide to talk with Isabella yes about her thoughts on all of this yeah we're not making any promises <laughs> no but it might be coming yeah so just keep your eyes peeled right i'm sure we'll have in the end like many like almost in some ways like continual conversations with yes. different people yes um so yeah that's all we got for y'all this no. week either way we will see you next week <laughs> not next week two not weeks, two weeks. <laughs> we'll see you in two weeks we're seeing it two weeks we're we said in our first few podcasts and then we decided to do bi-weekly yes so please we'll see just, you in two weeks you know like like the yes, rate us, comment, on subscribe, it. all the things, all the things, share it, <laughs> please and thank you, please. So, all right, we'll see you. Bye. Bye.